Welcome to Musically Challenged, your weekly helping of random music conversations based on whatever topic the guys choose. Their goal is to entertain and inform you on a variety of themes. This podcast is an expression of their lifelong love and commitment to music. Simply stated, music is life. This show may include adult themes and language. Once again, welcome to Musically Challenged. Here are your hosts, Chad and Lou. Welcome to episode 72 of Musically Challenged, your heaping helping of music, trivia, and pretty much whatever the hell we want to talk about this week. I'm your host, Chad Knight, and with me as always is Lou Schwalbach. What's up? This week we're going to get a bit in your head and ponder those little thoughts you have when you're sleeping, or sometimes when you're awake and zoning out. They can be good or bad, happy or terrifying, G-rated or, let's just say, less than dry. Okay. We're talking about dreams. There are tons of songs out there that either deal with or refer to dreams in some way, shape, or form. This week we're going to talk about songs that have dream in the title. We won't have any genre or song stipulations, so you're likely to hear stuff all across the board in this show. So pop a couple of melatonin gummies, you know, to help you sleep better for those non-scientific folks listening. Fluff up your my pillow and snuggle in with your favorite blankie while we get this show started. You ever see how expensive those my pillows are? Yeah, they're, they're fifty like bucks, fifty or sixty bucks a piece. Yeah, I mean I've seen some of the pillows that have like the cooling stuff on them, like the what even no matter when you lay on them, they're almost like refrigerated pillows. Right. I would pay for that, but for the my pillow, it just maybe it's maybe like Crocs. You just don't know until you try it. Maybe, I. I've seen the commercials and I just don't really get it. I don't but, either. And it's I if someone gave me one I'd try it. But Well sure, somebody gives you a pillow, you're gonna sleep on it, but Yeah, but well, not necessarily. I mean there are bad pillows. Like two total super down pillows that you just sink into. Oh, I hate down pillows. Nope. Uh-uh. Especially if they're real down, I can't sleep on them because I get all congested and well, I don't get that, but then nasty. if they don't put a layer inside, then the feathers actually poke you through the material yep. and that's bullshit. So, anyways, so continue on. I don't have a whole lot to talk about this time around. I'm just kind of here. It's early. We're doing another weird Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. uh, Because life got in the way, apparently. Well, work got in the way. You know, well, you know, I've been running back and forth to Chicago for the last month at least. Mm -hmm. And this just happened to fall on this week where we're recording. And I was in Chicago for the first part of the week, so... You know, hey, as long as we get it done, it's all good, right? Exactly. It just gives me less time to edit, which, you know, I already know, so whatever. So you're prepared for it. Exactly. It doesn't mean you like it. You're just prepared for it. Right. All right, well, why don't we jump into getting liquored up then? Oh, at this time on Saturday morning? Okay. Yeah, you sound so brokenhearted about that one. <laughs> so I've got, I, I brought the beer this time. It's a, when I went to Kentucky a few years ago and did the Bourbon Trail, I, at one of the stops we stopped at, they had a, a beer uh, maker as well. It's called Kentucky Ale is the name of the company. And it wasn't in this area for a long time. So I had to kind of wait for it to get the distribution out because it was a brand new company at the time. But now when I went to the store the other day, they had Kentucky Vanilla Barrel Cream Ale. Now normally they do like a bourbon barrel or mm. something like that. They decided to use a cream uh, a vanilla barrel, and 
I will admit I have tried this before. It's really good. But why don't we just go ahead and give it a taste and see what we uh, think about it. See, now to me, it's almost like drinking a cream soda. But with a little bitterness in the back. Well, yeah, it's got the beer bitterness mm -hmm. to it, but... No, I see where you're coming from on that one. It's a and good it, one. It's on a hot day. This would be a very nice one. And if you just kind of wait for a second and let it, it just kind of feels like a cream soda left. The the aftertaste is just kind of like a cream soda. Mm-hmm. I'm not getting the bourbon out of it. Like the, no. I was a little expecting kind of a bourbon-y, like, kind of like a vanilla jack or something like that. Right. Um, I'm not getting that out of it, so that's a little disappointing. But overall, it's it's... To me, this would be like if you mixed a cream soda with like a just a regular ale, and this is what you came up with. Yeah, I, it's and, exactly that's a that's a perfect way of putting it. I think it's a good beer, but you know why don't we go ahead and vote? So I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I would as well. I mean, I'll drink this again. This is pretty good. Um, I'm intrigued to see what other flavors they have on this one. My favorite, um, they do do like a they do a porter, bourbon barrel aged porter kind of thing stout and they also do a um what's called a kolsch style beer which is a it's a wheat beer that originally came from germany and to be a true kolsch style it has to be brewed in germany within sight of some spires that are in cologne germany so there's there's rules but the kentucky ale makes a kolsch style which i really like you know, you mentioned you went to Kentucky a few years ago. I'm like, this shit better not have been sitting in your fridge for a couple of years. No, this has been sitting in my fridge for about a week. <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, when you said a couple of years, I'm like, oh God, this is going to be so terrible. <laughs> you were waiting for skunk beer. I was waiting for the stuff to like pour over in glops. All right. So why don't we jump into trivia? All right. Let's go ahead and break up the sounds with some trivia. All right. So who sang, and this is regarding a musical, but it has dream in it. So okay. you know, again, I try to put them on here. Who famously sang the Les Mis song, I Dreamed a Dream, on Britain's Got Talent in 2008 and should have won but lost out to a shitty dance troupe? God, she got a record deal out of it. Right. And, and I, I know you know who it is. I can picture her, and I just cannot, I'm not bringing the name right now, but we'll get there. All right, so you got some time on this one. So that is your question for the day. All right. All right, so you want to start this or should I? Why don't you go ahead and kick this one off? All right, so my first dream is Daydream by The Love and Spoonful. Now, Love and Spoonful did this song, Daydream. A lot of people know it also as What a Day for a Daydream. And we'll just kind of, I know we kind of went away from this. I'll talk about them just a little bit, of course. So, I mean, mm -hmm. they're a U.S. rock band. Um, they formed and started off as a band called the Mugwumps. They brought in a couple that of... That is a great name, the I Mugwumps. Know, I know, right? And then they, they brought in a few players, played local, but then they renamed themselves after finally settle, settling their band and getting a contract into 1965. And they let off with the song, Do You Believe in Magic, which is in, like, every movie about right. teens or 80s or whatever. Played on, did some did a hiatus. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2000, where they performed Do You Believe in Magic and Do, Did You Ever Have to Make Up Your Mind? That's the name of the song. It's like, really? <laughs> yes, everyone has had to make up their damn mind. Uh, let's see, Zell passed away in 2002. He didn't want to keep the group going without the primary guys, but Boone and Butler are still going as Love and Spoonful to this day. They've okay. released seven studio albums, 18 singles, and Daydream is a single off the 1966 album of the same name. Let's go ahead and just take a quick listen to Daydream. What a day for a daydream Custom made for a daydreaming boy And I'm lost in a daydream 
It's said that the song started as a vaudeville bandwagon of the late 60s, of which Sgt. Pepper is one of the most famous. And I get it. The song is is an inspiration of the Beatles, not by. So that's kind of neat. Right. The Beatles didn't just do everything on their own. They actually took some inspiration from people. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of influences. So, and apparently the song Daydream was on John Lennon's jukebox, as well as Do You Believe in Magic? And, again, it being an influence, Daydream was an influence for Good Day Sunshine. So that's kind of neat. And, yeah, I can definitely hear that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, the song, again, better known as What a Day for a Daydream, which is the primary opening line of the song, and it's a 60s classic folk rock staple. I mean, everyone knows this song. Everyone's heard this song. Just by the title, they may not know it, because not a lot of people know about The Love and Spoonful. I mean, they know about that Summer in the City song. Yeah. And it's got a different style of song, because this one's kind of more folky or whatever. Uh, whereas Summer in the City is like kind of a, just like the lyrics, dirty and gritty. Right. So... Um, it's a floaty song. You can almost envision people like on a grassy hill on a warm summer day just watching clouds. Well, you know, there's a line in there, something about I'm just going to walk the day away and fall face down in somebody's fresh mown grass. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get it. It's a hippie song, which you know how I feel about hippies. I think you are about the same. Dirt. I don't know. Well, depending on the day, I suppose, right? <laughs> Probably. Um, it's a good song. I enjoy this one. Okay. Now, I think it was a great song for the list. Just daydreaming a day away. I know from time to time, I like to sit down and just daydream. I think we all do. I mean, what do you think was the impetus for Eclectic Media Project? I was sitting around on a Sunday and trying to figure out how we could possibly get more listeners and more exposure for what we do. And we were sober. Yes. That's how it came into being. I mean, the song is just a a fun little chance to sit back and really enjoy a song. If I could sing, I would be singing right now. But I'm going to save everybody from that and not sing. I really enjoy the song. It's it's a classic. It really is. So what are you following up with? All right, so I'm going to go with the ever-classic Dream On by Aerosmith. So Dream On is a power ballad by Aerosmith from the 1973 debut album Aerosmith. Written by lead singer Steven Tyler, the song was their first major hit and became a classic rock radio staple. Released in June 1973, it peaked at number 59 on the Billboard Hot 100, but hit big in the band's native Boston, where it was the number one single of the year on WBZFM. So Dream On was first played live in Mansfield, Connecticut at the Shabu Inn. (laughs) I know. It's like some of the the bars around here. It's just like the names and you're like... I'm still kind of laughing at the call sign, WBZM, The Buzz. In a 2011 interview, Tyler reminisced about his father, a Juilliard-trained musician. He recalled laying beneath his dad's piano as a three-year-old, listening to him play classical music. That's where I got the Dream On Cordage, he said. Although the song's vocals were originally often performed by the group's drummer, Joey Kramer, Tyler says that this was the only song in the band's first album where he used his real voice. He was insecure about how his voice sounded on tape, So for the other songs, he tried to sing a bit lower and sound more like a soul artist, such as James Brown. The song is also famous for its building climax to showcase Tyler's trademark screams. The main riff and chorus of the song were sampled in a 2002 song, Sing for the Moment, by rapper Eminem. The Eminem show that also features a solo from Joe Perry. Let's go ahead and take a listen.
So I really enjoy this song. I think in high school, when I was listening to this song, one line really hit me, and I had kind of forgotten about it until getting ready for the episode. Of course, we all know the song tells you to dream until your dreams come true, which is an amazing message. That, however, is not the line that really got to me. What got to me was the line, you got to lose to know how to win. This line was very pivotal in my life because, believe it or not, I used to be very competitive, to the point that I lost friends over it. It was how I was raised. My dad is very competitive, and to this day, he still is. This song and my wife taught me how to lose with dignity and grace. Don't get me wrong, I still like to win. Now, I just know how to win and lose with grace. What are your thoughts about it? You know, and this is this is an amazing song. I mean, this is a greatest hits Aerosmith song for a reason. I just remember playing this song for a friend of mine that didn't know this was Aerosmith. Okay. And I'm like, no, this is Aerosmith. Steven Tyler's singing. No, bullshit, bullshit. I'm like, listen. So I fast forward it to the scream at the very end, the climax part you're talking right. about. And that's when you can tell it's him. And it was like, light bulb. I'm like, see, told you. It was actually, ironically, the same guy that with Money for Nothing didn't know it was Sting. Really? Yeah. Didn't listen to music apparently that much. But that being said, I mean, I guess if you don't really know the voices as well. But yeah, it's it's definitely a different register for him to sing in than he normally does. Well, yeah, especially like the modern-ish crowd, because he's younger than I was. The normal crowd is used to hearing things like Don't Want to Miss a Thing um, or stuff from Get a Grip, which is a lot higher register. Right. So you go back to some of his original stuff, like this or 10-inch record or Toys in the Attic, for example, with great album, by the way, and it's all like probably at least an octave lower. You don't know it until you're looking at like, oh, shit, this is old Aerosmith. Right. Yeah. And it's no, well absolutely. worth a listen. It's absolutely worth a listen. Yeah, so what do you got next? Next, I've got a 80s classic, Shattered Dreams by Johnny Hates Jazz. I gotta say this, the band is a great, that is a great band name. Mm-hmm. This is one of those that you know the song, you may not know the artist, but you know the song, because everybody's heard this one. It's a Britpop band they formed in 85. They got its name, or they got their name from a jazz-hating mutual friend of the original three members. The founding members, Clark Datchler and Mike Nochi, were both musical from the beginning. Uh, Clark's dad was part of two UK bands, the Stargazers and the Polka Dots. Polka Dots sang backup for Beatles and Sinatra. And Stargazers were the first UK band to get a number one single on the, on the UK charts. Nice. So it's a little bit of pedigree there. Mike's mom was a singer that performed for the troops in Northern Europe. And Datchler and Nocito met in the studio. They hooked up with Calvin Hayes and the original lineup was born. They worked on recording and releasing singles such as Shattered Dreams and I Don't Want to Be a Hero that would eventually come out on their debut album in 1988, Turn Back the Clock. Datchel left, thoroughly came in. They played till 92 when the band broke up for the members to do their own thing. 2009, Datchel and Nacido came together to, to write new music and thought it would be great for Johnny Hates, uh, Johnny Hates Jazz, so they worked together for a new album. Hayes bailed. They're still touring and reportedly working on new material. Huh. Did not know that. I didn't either. But considering I only knew they had one song, that doesn't make any, that doesn't surprise me. Right, right. <laughs> so, before we talk, let's just go ahead and shatter some dreams. So, Shattered Dreams is a single off of 1988's Turn Back the Clock. Uh, the song talks about a breakup and the guys really feeling the pain of separation. It is really nothing less than a quintessential 80s song that comes up on a lot of 80s rotation. I mean, any 80s station is gonna play this song. Oh, yeah. And it's 
as I mentioned before, one that people are like, oh, I know this song. You don't know who plays it, but I know this song. This is a Shazam song. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. You, you're like, who does this song? Now, speaking of Shazam, have you seen that that new game show that's out there? The like, Jamie Foxx one? Yeah, Beat Shazam, I yep. think it's called. I don't care How for... does that work? Have you watched it or no? No. Basically, it's just a name that tune type thing. Right, but and, do they put? Do they literally like have somebody's phone out there shazamming at the um, same time? They have a big computer doing it for like the final round. Oh, okay. Where you have to try to answer it before Shazam does. And I'll be honest, Shazam, the app, is pretty damn quick a lot of the times. So yeah. If you've got a good internet connection, I mean, there's like maybe five notes and it's done. Yeah. So it's really honestly like if you remember Song Pop on your cell phone, yeah. um, try to name it in as yeah. few tunes as possible. Yeah. Or the name that tune. It's essentially a new version with Jamie Foxx. Okay. So it's just got his ego thrown in. Okay. It. Sorry for interrupting. It just that, that made me think of that. No, that's fine. I mean, it's, it's decent to watch for a music file, but it gets old quick. I can see that. So what do you think? Well, you know, in all honesty, I knew the song, not the band name. But like I said already, I'm going to say it again, it's a great band name. The song is a standard 80s love lost song. I mean, nothing special, but still a good, solid song. The music is nice, the vocals are good, and I wouldn't turn this song off. Mm-mm. I mean, it's it's not a skipper. No, this would be one where if I'm making a random 80s mix, like a two-disc set, this would definitely go in there. Yeah, I could see it definitely making an 80s mix, so... Or a playlist for the for nowadays. Yeah, sorry, we gotta stop talking about mixed tapes. I mean, we really do. Or mixed CDs or whatever. Because, yeah. I mean, sure they're still done, but now yeah, it's a playlist. It's like, I wonder if like boys and girls like make playlists and then send them to someone. I think they do. I mean, hell, they even made a movie about that. Did Nick and Nora playlist movie with John Cena and or Mike Cena? I must have John Cena. I'm like, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, J- um, Michael Cera and some girl. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's uh, one of those summer crap movies that I didn't really watch. Okay, fair enough. But supposedly enough. has a good soundtrack. All right, fair enough. So what do you got? I got Daydream Believer by the Monkees. Now, Daydream Believer is a song composed by Jon Stewart shortly before left the Kingston Trio. It was originally recorded by the Monkees with Davy Jones singing the lead vocals. The single hit the number one spot in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart in December 1967, remaining there for four weeks and peaked at number five on the U.K. singles chart. It was the Monkees' last number one hit in the U.S. In 1979, Day- Daydream Believer was recorded by Canadian singer Anne Murray. His version reached number three on the U.S. country singles chart and number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100. The song has been recorded by many others, including a 1971 version by John Stewart himself. Stewart said that it was supposed to be the third in a trilogy of songs about suburban life. Married couples start out in an idealistic haze, and after a few years it wears off, and each sees the others as they really are. This is, supposedly, when genuine love is proven. Well, can you believe this? The song just makes me happy. The voice of Davy Jones has never been hard to listen to. The Monkees in general just did fun, pure music. This is a story of two people in love. They aren't rich and they don't need to be. It kind of sounds like it's too good almost, but I don't think so. It reminds me quite a bit of myself and my wife. We're not rich and I would rather have her than money any day. 
What are your thoughts? You know, and this is this is one of their biggest hits, as you mentioned. It's just a fun song, and honestly, this is one that'll put you in a better mood just by listening to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you go home in a grumpy-ass mood after a shit day at work, and you're just like, if this just happens to come on, because it's not like I turn on the monkeys, like, I'm just like, hey, I feel like some monkeys today. It's not usually how it works, but if it comes on, I'll be like, okay, I'm okay now. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe the monkey's in a beer, and I'm good to go. <laughs> there you go. That's that's a no, perfect it, definition. It's, it's a good one. Um, Again, it's really nothing else to say about it. I, I have to say this. I know you have an affinity for Anne-Marie. I can't see how this would work for her. I really don't. I don't really have an affinity for Anne-Marie. There's a few songs she's done that I like, and those have made them onto the list on occasion. Mm-hmm. I've never heard her sing this song. I don't know if it'll work. I really I don't know. I'm maybe, have to YouTube maybe we'll it. have to YouTube it yeah. and see what it sounds like. But All right, what do you got next? Well, my next one is done by a person who I know that you had a thing for, and that was Sweet Dreams by Eurythmics. Oh, yeah, it's in my write-up. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, can you tell we've done this a couple times and we know each other a little bit? Well, I think by episode 72. I would hope so. We're getting there. Yeah, so Eurythmics were a Britpop duo with Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart in the 80s. They started off with a, as a punk band by the name of The Catch, mm-hmm. which, that's just, I can't hear it's them doing punk. Yeah. They did one single, Changed the Tourists, in 77. Personal differences and tension led them to do different things, but then they came back together as a duo, and the rest is history, really. I mean, they were famously fought a lot, but they were very professional about it, and they're still, I believe, they're still friends, but they don't work together. Correct. So, you know, and that was in 2005 when they resumed their solo careers, and let's really be honest, Annie Lennox's, because what have you heard that Dave Stewart's done? Uh... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're still amicable, which is really good, because a lot of times couples, you know, either professional or romantic. And I think they were romantic at one time as well. Yes, and that's got to be even harder. So, I mean, that just is kind of a testament of the character of them. Well, the character and the strength of the friendship. Right, right. I mean, because a lot of times you go from friends to being lovers to being friends again, it doesn't really work. Right. Especially if if they get their own new significant others. Right. It's just awkward. Yeah, I could see that. So... That's pretty much how it was. They uh, The last time that they played was the 2014 Beatles tribute concert, the night that changed America, the Grammy salute to the Beatles. And they've done nine albums, 33 singles, of which, of course, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This is one of those. So let's just get some Sweet Dreams going. Sweet dreams are made of this. So this is a single off of the 1983 album of the same name. Uh, Lennox has stated in a biography that the song was about, quote, search for fulfillment and the sweet dreams and desires that motivate us. Okay, cool. Sounds good to me. Yeah, exactly. I have to say this, even though the woman is got a great voice, I mean, I really enjoy almost everything that she's done. So, you know, Walking on Broken Glass is still one of my favorites of hers. Oh, great song, yeah. She's fucking terrifying. I'm sorry. I like redheads, but with the short, like Arnold Schwarzenegger short from Commando, short red hair, it's, I don't know. It's just like, no. Um, <laughs> so Dave can keep him, keep her, you can keep her, not myself. But she's got a strangely seductive voice. And the song itself is repetitive, but it's relaxing. relaxing. It's almost like it'll put you in a trance. Mm-hmm. And that's part of why this one and uh, Here Comes the Rain Again are top of my 80s songs. Oh yeah, absolutely. So so I have two words for you. 
Annie Lennox. <laughs> and then I have three more words for you. This song is fucking awesome. Five more words for okay, you. Okay, all right. When I was a teenager, I had a huge crush on Annie Lennox. The song was the best thing since sliced bread the first time I heard it. Did they have sliced bread when you were a teenager? I'm pretty sure it was around. <laughs> and it still holds a very special spot in my heart and my playlist. I mean, it's just one of those songs. There's not a whole lot to cover that you didn't cover on it. If you've never heard it, go listen to it. And then when you're done with that, go listen to the Marilyn Manson version of it. Oh, yeah. Which is also very good, very different. Creepy. Creepy, but very good. Creepier, actually, if you think about it. Well, yeah, I suppose we could go that way. But just to give a little shout-out here to Marilyn Manson, I really enjoyed his version of it. That but, was, what is it, um, was it Not Another Teen Movie, I think, that was from? Oh, I don't know what movie it was in, but it was on the Coma album. Okay, all right. The one that came in the blue jewel case. I was never a huge fan. He's got a few versions. Honestly, the, what kind of gave me, <laughs> what kind of gave got me into him a little bit, was when they used "Beautiful People" as a either a Raw or a SmackDown theme. Oh yeah, that's right, they did, didn't they? And that's what kind of got me into him because when he was first coming out, the Antichrist Superstar and everything else, everybody was so big about him, how he's so shocking and everything else. I'm like, fuck it, I'll just pass. Yeah, I wasn't big into him either until. I actually picked up the Coma CD for, I think, 50 cents at a rummage sale or something. Best way to do it as long as it's and it had okay. And it had the song Sweet Dreams on it, and I'm like, 50 cents, it can't be. Because I knew that song already, and I figured right. that song was worth 50 cents if nothing else. Well, hell, you can't even download it on iTunes for that. Yeah, but I mean, it. there's some other good stuff on Coma as well, but okay. shall we move on? Absolutely, what do you got for number six? So I have Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. It was written during a respite from the pre-production on what would become the band's seventh album, American Idiot. Hoping to clear his head and develop new ideas for songs, Green Day frontman Billy Joel Armstrong traveled to New York City alone for a few weeks, renting a small loft in the East Village of Manhattan. He spent much of this time taking long walks and participating in jam sessions in the basement of Hi-Fi, a bar in Manhattan. He began socializing with songwriters Ryan Adams and Jesse Mallon. Armstrong wrote the song about his time in New York City, about feeling alone and trying to take power from that fact. Armstrong felt the song fit nicely with the album's storyline, which was about going away and getting the hell out, while at the same time fighting their own inner demons. The song's title is from a Gottfried Hellenwine painting of James Dean walking through New York with an overcoat on. Now, we've all seen that painting. Mm -hmm. So... In the 2005 VH1 Storytellers program featuring Green Day, Billy Joel Armstrong stated that the title of the song was nicked from the painting of James Dean walking alone. Boulevard of Broken Dreams is a song, again by Green Day, recorded for their seventh studio album. The song's lyrics were written by lead singer Billy Joel Armstrong, and the music was composed by the band. The song speaks of the point of view of, a, of American Idiot's main character, Jesus of Suburbia, and is a moderate, mid-tempo song characterized by somber and bleak lyrics. This is in contrast to the previous track on the album, Holiday, which illustrates Jesus of Suburbia's high of being in the city. Green Day makes a video described Holiday as a party and Boulevard of Broken Dreams as a subsequent hangover. <laughs> the walk of shame. <laughs> Let's walk down the boulevard. I walk this empty street on the boulevard
So, you know, the song really hits me right in the feels. I'm usually a pretty happy guy, but like most people, I sometimes get blue or get depressed and feel alone. I was in one of those places when I first heard that almost hauntingly broken guitar intro. It immediately caught my attention. I felt after listening to this song that maybe I'm not alone and things will get better when someone besides my shadow was, was walking beside me. Of course, in cases like this, remember there is always someone walking with you. You just need to let them out of your shadow. It's just a moving song that sometimes is more real than the world we live in. I don't know. What are your thoughts? You know, this song has always been depressing. I mean, I know that that was kind of the intent, right. but it just really is. I mean, not because of the title, but the music. If you don't, if you listen to this as an instrumental, the song itself is just a downer. It really is. The, the way, words even make it more so. The way they use the guitar, though, and the way, and I don't know how they do that broken mm-hmm. kind of uh, reverb thing with it, but that right there tells you everything you need to know about the song. Right. You know, and Green Day slowed it down. They showed their range, so I applaud them for that. I mean, I'm not a huge Green Day fan. I'm kind of a Greatest Hits fan. Okay. Because they were all over in, what, 95, I think it was, and people wouldn't shut up about them, and I'm just like, all right, until it dies down, I don't care. Yeah, see, I'm kind of a Greatest Hits guy, too. You know, Basket Case. Um, I like Boulevard of Broken Dreams, but... Uh, I like American Idiot. It's just a fun song. And then Canadian Idiot by Weird Hell is pretty hilarious, too. Well, that whole album, actually, I don't know if you've listened to the whole American Idiot album. Mm-mm. It's actually a very good album. Hmm. But, you know, and I have to, and this is actually one of my notes about Daydream Believer, your prior one. I said, you know, Daydream Believer is a fun song, unlike the Green Day song. So, I mean, it's really one that if you're not in a good mood, you probably want to pass up on this one. Yeah. And with our recent rash of um, celebrity passings being suicides lately. Yeah. I mean, who was the recent one? I mean, Kate Spade was... Anthony Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain, both of which suicide. So, of course, now everybody's on a crusade for the suicide right, hotline. Right. Which, it's not until famous people happen where they do anything, which is kind of frustrating, but it's right. how Right, when we you are. look at the, the statistics, um, I was reading an article on Anthony the other day, and they said that la- in 2017, I think that's the last year they have stats... No, 2016, the last year they had stats for mm-hmm. 45,000 people committed suicide in America. It's just like bullying. I mean, they say don't do it, don't do it, until somebody high profile either shoots up a school or something happens, then they make a big deal out of it. It's unfortunate It's that we have to get to a big problem or like a major like newsworthy problem before it becomes newsworthy, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I agree. So, let's go on a little bit of a higher note. Yeah, let's do that. What do you got next? I've got Your Wildest Dreams by the Moody Blues. So, the Moody Blues, I almost typed were, but they are a Brit rock band. Yes, sir. Uh, formed in 64 and are considered the pioneers of art and prog rock. Shout out to Al. <laughs> they started off with two initial bands, El Riot and The Rebels. and Or is it El Riot and The Rebels? No, that's one band. Okay. They disbanded after one of the guys went to tech college and... One of, the, one of the other guys... This Moody Blues thing isn't going to work. I'm going to school. And then the other guy went into the service. You know, the guy, the service guy came back and they became the Crew Cats with a K, which almost makes me think of um, uh, the the Paula Abdul Scat Cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they picked up another guy and the Moody Blues started in 1964. Um, they debut album was in 65 as the... The debut album was the Magnificent Moody's. That title is terrible. I'm yeah, sorry. well, at least it wasn't the Moody Blues. Right, true. So they did some band, they did some member shakeups, and in on their second album decided to start doing their own material. They continued to tour and release new albums almost every year until 1972. Um, after a huge Asian tour, the band took an extended break, which was, rep- was misreported as a breakup. 
and they did their own solo material. When they came back together, they released albums on a furious pace, and here's the list of years, 78, 81, 83, 86, 88, 91, 99, and 03. That's pretty quick. It is. More band shakeups, but then again, who didn't? And they were inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Oh, nice. 2018. Um, 16 albums with 36 singles, which is surprisingly low, actually. But then again, I think older bands didn't have as many singles as they do now. Right, right. And Your Wildest Dreams is one of those off of 1986, The Other Side of Life. Let's go ahead and take a look into Your Wildest Dreams. Ain't nobody, nobody wants, wants to see wants that. To see that. <laughs> so it, it's the song is about the one that got away and wondering if his long lost love remembers him the same way that he remembers her. It's a moody blues song that's really relaxing, but it does kick it up a notch when it needs to. It's it's a classic song. I'm a greatest hits moody blues person, but that whole album is amazing. So that's all I have to say about that. All right. So the song starts off with an organ and probably I think they're using a theremin as well. That kind of could have been, you know. Um, it's just a fun song, though, of thinking about that girl, the one that got away. You know, it's a pretty straightforward music piece, nothing special, nothing awesome, but still a solid song. I mean, it's up there. I would definitely have this on, you know, some sort of a playlist. I think it would be really kind of neat, but uh. I don't have a whole lot to say about them, so... So you're going to move on to number eight? I'm going to move on to number eight, which is Don't Fall in Love with a Dreamer by Kenny Rogers and Kim Carnes. So, Don't Fall in Love with a Dreamer is a song written by David Ellingson and Kim Carnes and recorded by Kenny Rogers and Carnes as a duet. It was released in March 1980 as the first single from Rogers' album Gideon. The song reached number three on the Billboard Hot Country Singles chart and number one on the RPM Country Tracks chart in Canada. It was also recorded in Spanish as No te enamores de un loco. It's loco a, means crazy, doesn't it? Usually, yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, I'm gonna I want to look up to see what the actual translation is on that one. Okay. Well, recording the song in Nashville, Kenny Rogers and Kim Carnes sang facing each other with live musicians, while Carnes had to improvise singing the melody in a different key than she had prepared to do when she came into the studio. The song was the only single from the album Gideon. Can you fall in love with a dreamer? You know, this song has no special meaning to me, but Kenny and Kim have voices that really just work nicely together. And as a lot of you know, I can really enjoy country music sometimes. Duets and country together are always a good thing. Now, like all good country songs, this is about a couple who want to be together but can't seem to make it work. Pretty easy to understand and figure it out. What are your thoughts? What did, what did you find on the translation? I found that No Te Enamores De Un Loco translates to Do Not Fall For Crazy. <laughs> so, a little bit of a lost in translation thing, but you know, hey, it gets the point across. Absolutely. So, now, 
I know of both of these artists. Kenny Rogers is kind of one of the godfathers of country music. Um, I don't want to say modern country because, I mean... No, he was a classic country guy. But he's not as classic as, like, your Johnny Cash or your Hank Williams senior. Right, he was kind of that, that transitional space. Right, where it was getting a little bit more... Well, you know, he started out wanting to be a rock and roll song, a singer. I seem to remember you mentioning that. He had two rock albums, and I've listened to that songs. That scary. It's not very good. Okay, which is probably the reason why he went, he went to, to country. country. Yeah. I mean, I like Kenny Rogers. He's got some great music. Again, he's a very, very selected greatest hits person for me. And then Kim Carnes, she's a kind of an 80s classic person. Betty Davis Eyes is a one-hit oh, wonder that was great. That's a great song. His country twang with her six-pack-a-day gravelly voice just works. I mean, this is a good song, and country duets are kind of a given. You know, yeah. Kind of like Christmas albums for rock artists. Yeah. It's, it, a duet for country artists just has to be done. Exactly. Uh, All right, so... What's your last one for today? My last one is Dreams by Van Halen. Now, we've talked about Van Halen a lot, regarding and recently regarding covers, so I'm just going to kind of skip over the history, really, because there's no point. If you don't know about Van Halen by now, just like if you don't know about Guns or ACDC... Or the you, Beatles. Or the Beatles, you're not listening to yeah, us enough. exactly. So, the song Dreams is a single off of 1986's 5150, which, do you know what that is supposed to stand for? I used to, but I... It is the California Code for Insanity, I believe. Okay. It's so like the police code. So like a 98... Um, what is it? Uh, 987? 187. 187. For murder. Right. 5150 is apparently somebody that's batshit crazy. Oh, okay. Which is hilarious considering that Eddie is a little out of his mind sometimes. And that's really... I mean, seriously. There's no hidden agenda on the song. There's no subtext. It's just get up and go for what you want with no regrets. And that's, that's dreams. So... Let's just take a quick listen to that and then we'll talk a little bit more. So baby, So the song was one of the first that Van Halen and Sammy released together. And I know you're not a huge Sammy person, but you got to admit the song is decent. And it spawned three videos. They did three music videos for this one, and one of which was the U.S. Navy Blue Angels. Okay. And that is my favorite one of all of them. I mean, I'm just I'm kind of a soft spot for, like, Top Gun flights, fighter pilots, things like that, which they're making a Top Gun 2. Did you see that? I did. And, and Tom I... Cruise and Val Kilmer, Kilmer have both signed on. I know, and I don't know how I feel about it. That might be a renter for me. Val Kilner needs to lose some weight, for one. Yeah, he definitely uh, he went from Iceman to Icebergman. <laughs> but I, I should really talk, right? I'm a Van Halen mark. This is one of their most recent favorite songs of mine and a reason why I like some of their newer stuff. So that's where I'm going to leave my part. What do you got? I'm going to shock you. This is a great song. Yes, I know it's Van Hagar. I'm putting my hands down because I might spill my beer if I try to drink when you do... But I'm... it's a song about reaching for your dreams. I like it. I don't have a whole lot left to say about it. I mean, it, it's it's Van Halen. It's a good song. It's got a great message. It's a positive song. Absolutely. And that's that's what the nice part about it is, too. I mean, because honestly, a lot of rock songs are negative as hell. Mm -hmm. I mean, and this one is just like, you want it, go for it, get it. Golden Rings. Of course, I'm thinking of Sonic the Hedgehog going after rings. But that's besides <laughs> the point. Right. 
so well I'm, I'm glad to hear that actually so what are you going to finish up with i am going to finish up with a song i really like called running down a dream by tom petty and the heartbreakers it's a song co-written and recorded by tom petty it was released in july 1989 as the second single from his first solo album full moon fever so it wasn't tom petty and the heartbreakers it was just tom petty i think the heartbreakers did a cover of it though right if it's considered a cover at that point it's like covering yourself yeah so running down a dream achieved reasonable chart success reaching number 23 both in canada and in the u.s billboard hot 100 and the top of the billboard album rock tracks chart god those are so hard to read sometimes can you imagine working for billboard being like we need to come up with a new chart what should we call it i think they just basically throw like pick random words out of a dictionary be like flip 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 rock flip 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 underhanded flip 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 <laughs> monkey turd okay there you go it has since garnered significant airplay on classic rock stations it lent its name to the 2007 documentary on tom petty and the heartbreakers full moon fever was listed as a tom petty solo album even though members of the heartbreakers played on it roy orbison george harrison and jeff lynn also played on it Ooh, so, those names sound familiar so that's a good portion is that, that is the traveling that Wilburys. is the traveling Wilburys. okay the line, me and Dell were singing Little Runaway, is a, is, to, is a reference to the 1961 Dell Shannon hit, Runaway. Shannon is credited on the album for, quote-unquote, barnyard noises, <laughs> which can be heard just after the song ends on the album. Under the animal noises, Petty says, Hello, CD listeners. We have come to the point in the album where those listening on cassette or records have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we will now take a few seconds before we begin side two. Thank you. And here is side two. I kind of want to go listen to that now. Yeah, let's run down our dream. The rain was unstoppable. It was always cold. No sunshine. walk down mine actually i don't run anywhere <laughs> this is just a fun song dreams are a good thing i really think this song is like any teenager with a new license and a full tank of gas just getting out and going and finding that dream you know i personally can't wait my my daughter's got a year of college done now and my other daughter's starting as a senior in the fall i can't wait to watch my kids run down their dreams it'll be amazing lou what are your thoughts you know, this is a quick-moving song, a rock song by the recently departed Tom Petty. And most of his stuff, to me, sounds a little whiny. Kind of like Bob dylan whiny. I mean, he still sings, but he kind of talks sings. This is not one of those, however. This song itself, it's a just it's a great song. I mean, it's a legacy of his. I really, really enjoy the song. That's really all I have to say about that. Excellent. So, I guess we get back to trivia. We do. So, I'm going to remind you of what the question was. And that is, who famously sang the Les Mis song, I Dreamed a Dream, on Britain's Got Talent in 2008, and should have won but lost out to a shitty dance troupe? And I can picture her. She is ugly as a mud fence. And I just cannot come up with the name. I have been trying through the whole thing. Her first name is Susan. Boyle. That's it. Susan Boyle. Yep. I knew you knew it. That's I, the thing. I, I absolutely knew it. I just could not come up with her name. So are we giving me that one? Uh, you know what? I'm feeling generous today, so yeah, I'll give you that one. Woohoo! I will not be that generous next month. 
<laughs> so that actually puts you at 24 and 22. Nice. All right. So we want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, if you uh, want to drop us a line and let us know what you think of this episode or any of the other episodes that we do, you can do that easy enough. First, you can find us uh, through email at eclecticmediaproject at gmail.com or also at musicchallengepodcast at gmail.com. And if that's not your style, if you're more into the social media thing, you can find us on Facebook at Musically Challenged Podcast or at POI Network. And, of course, one more way we can do this is the Twitter. And that's if you wanted to get in touch with us, just didn't want to pull the trigger with Facebook, any of those other ways, just go ahead and send us a message on at MCPodcast17. Send us a playlist, send us some love, send us some hate. If you want to do a playlist, 10 songs, 10 different artists, Theme, great. Theme, no theme, that's fine too. Just make sure that if it's something that you're putting that's really, really out there, be prepared to get us the music in case we can't find it anywhere. Or pick another song. Right, right, exactly. And giving us a Spotify list is all well and good, but if they're just random-ass songs, not helpful. All right, and so with that, thank you guys for listening. We hope you like the new format, and we'll talk to you next week. You have been listening to a program from the Point of Insanity Network. Visit us at poigamestudio.podbean.com for more shows. Follow us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at POI Game Studio.